Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast. This week, we are going to be covering all the brand new cards in Brothers War, and we're selecting our top favorite cards from the entire set. So this includes the standard cards that are going to be in the standard in the draft boosters and everything like that, as well as the uh, collector cards. What are, what are those called? Uh, the uh, ones that are like in set boosters and stuff only. Set booster exclusives set booster cards <laughs> yeah. set booster yeah. exclusives Good they're enough. not standard legal uh they're constructed legal and other stuff and also the brand new commander cards in the brothers work precons and also finally the transformers cards Ooh. that can also be found yes. in the draft boosters and collectors and <laughs> very yes they are still Ooh. Brothers Ward cards, Seth. Uh, joining me, as always, <laughs> to discuss all these brand new cards is the booer, uh, <laughs> Seth, better known as Sapponov. How's it going, Seth? Uh, I was doing good until we started talking about Transformers cards in Brothers War, but <laughs> other than that, oh, I'm doing, I, I, I'm I doing lovely. I thought Seth was just celebrating Halloween, because that's why you would boo <laughs> I, that, because <laughs> nobody booed Transformers. I was not boo urns, yes, I was actually saying I, Yeah, I was hearing boo urns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're complaining about. They're they're clearly <laughs> artifact creatures, which is the whole theme of Brothers War. <laughs> that's true. I'm pretty sure that's Urza true. defeated Mishra with Optimus Prime. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, actually, that's, that's, that's the untold canon. side that's of canon. War. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah. you don't know what happened behind the scenes, so don't, you know, like, it, it could have happened. I'll, I'll take Wait, that. Isn't Optimus Prime and, and, and Megatron, aren't they <clears> brothers, <throat> so it's kind of like a Brother War? Yeah. I have no idea, but I'll go, I'll go with yeah. you guys on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's the symbolism. Um, yeah. But joining me on team, team, I think you're you're Decepticon actually, Krim. <laughs> team Decepticons. Uh, yes, I the Asian am. Invasion, the Asian <laughs> Avenger. <laughs> I don't even know what the I just Asian said. Invasion. The Asian Avenger. <laughs> the Asian Invasion. <laughs> it rhymes. <Come. laughs> That's the next set, actually. That's after the Phyrexian Invasion. That's oh, the Asian Invasion. No, dude, no, <laughs> because, no. actually, you've already invaded the, the crew of Marvel Snap. How That's dare true. you? That's true. I did get us all into that. That was, yeah. a fun, that was a fun Magic 30 where we didn't play Magic and played Marvel Snap. <laughs> we played a lot of Magic. We played a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But um, now we're not going to be talking about any more Marvel Snap. We're going to be talking about the sure new set and all the all our favorite cards. As usual, this is a top X. I don't know. We're going to fill out an hour worth of discussion. And it's not also a power ranking guide. Like, we're not doing, like, top 10 most powerful cards from Brothers War. Uh, people who focus on, like, CDH and stuff are much better suited to analyze and discuss uh, that from like the just the top level power. We just talk about it as the stuff we're hyped for, the stuff that we are the most excited to get our hands on and play test and and tinker around with. So it's going to be very different. It's just opinion based. Obviously, your hype list is going to be different than ours. We're just going to talk about our favorite cards. So we're going to kick things off with Seth. What is one of the cards that you are very excited to play with from uh, Brothers War. Ooh, so this is one of the one of the set booster cards, and it is such a cool design. And that is Disciple of Callus Nin. So it's a five mana three four 
white human wizard. And it said, when it enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player chooses up to five permanents they control. Not non-land permanents, any permanents. And all other permanents, other than those permanents in Disciple of Kalisin itself, that weren't chosen, phase out, and permanents can't phase in. So essentially, when you play this, everyone's going down to five permanents, including lands. So you got to phase out your lands as well. And as long as Disciple stays on the battlefield... All those things that phase out won't phase back in, and anything else that may be phased out in other ways also won't be able to phase back in. So I think this card, it's just kind of a funny card to play fairly. Like, you run it out, and it's kind of like a, a super wrath that's going to probably get rid of almost all the non-land permanents, uh, and maybe some of your opponent's lands as well. There is a little risk here because... I think one thing that could happen is you play this and your opponents are like, all right, we'll phase out all of our lands because you got to choose first. So you choose your opponents like, okay, we'll phase out all of our lands and just keep our creatures and try to kill you. That is the risk. But why this card is on my list and why I love it so much is it is a hilarious way to get people who Teferi's protection. And I'm a little tired of people just willy nilly firing off their Teferi's protection, letting someone Teferi's protection away all their permanence and then casting this so they can't phase back in is so awesome. I know their life total can't change. They probably end up technically winning the game, but do they really win the game if they can never phase back in? Like, if they can never come back into play and can't play Magic anymore, don't you really kind of win anyway, even if you eventually, like, mill out or whatever because your opponent's phased out and can't draw cards for the rest of the game? So I just think it's a really no, a really sweet design. That's great. <laughs> well, their me? life total is life total is only until, uh, what's it called? Until your next turn. So... Yeah. Their oh. stuff won't phase back in, but after that that's turn, even, that's even better than I again. thought. I was thinking, yeah, you can just kill them. Oh, see, that's even better. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's the yeah. dream. I've also heard some people say you like dream. play Hive Mine and Teferi's Protection, so your opponents have to Teferi's Protection, and then you play this, and you just like phase everyone else out <laughs> forever. Ah, oh, so good. That's perfect. Yeah, that works. It's, it's it's more consistent than I guess a pact where you, you kill them if they don't have the corresponding color. This will just hit anybody regardless. Okay. I know that that's definitely Christmas land for sure because it's like you need to you need for you need them to, to fairy's protection and you need them to be phased out already by the time you cast this. So you have to get them to to fairy's protection and then you follow up with this before they can take their turn. I think, so. yeah. One of the things I really like about it, though, is Wizards has really started pushing phasing again in, like, the last couple of yeah. years. And yeah. it's pretty much no downside at this point. There's no way to, like, oh, I phase out my thing and get no. punished for it. So I like that this... I don't know. It adds some risk to phasing out your stuff. If you're going to just yeah. willy-nilly phase out my entire board to survive a wrath, at least you have to think about this in the back of your mind. Like, uh-oh, what if they have Disciple? Like, that could get me here. So... I, I like when there was counterplay like that, and phasing just hasn't had counterplay before. Plus, the idea mm -hmm. of getting someone who Teferi's protection is just oh, that's like such a good gotcha. How does yeah. this work if there's another one? What do you mean? Like if there, so hold on. So if Kalisnin, right, you phase out, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens if someone else does this before you? Like or like if I if I'm like able to like instant speed on the like like get tutor this onto the board. Does that mean none of the stuff phased out comes back? I mean, none of the well, stuff phased out comes back as long as this sticks around, right? Yeah. Basically. Okay. So okay. even with yeah. one of them, nothing comes back. Although if someone kills the disciple, then stuff will come back into play normally on the next upkeep. So I don't think oh, two yeah. of them really changes anything as far as I can 
hell. Oh, yeah, that's right. If you that's have right. more than yeah. five permanents after the first one comes out, then you'll have to phase something out again. Right. But, okay. Okay. What do you think but, of this is yeah. land hate? Like, is, is this a card? Like, we always talk about green, like getting far ahead in lands. Is there any way this is... I, I want to know how playable this card is when it's not a hilarious troll gotcha kind of card. Like, is this something you can just jam in a deck and be like, oh, the green player's getting out of control. They got way more lands than me. We'll phase them down. We'll get some of their lands out of the way. Or isn't it that good? I don't know why this doesn't have flash and isn't like for three or four mana. I think I it should five. have flash, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this card is like, it, it's like sitting in front of you. Uh, you're going to see it. And like yeah, like there, there's no sneaky way to do it unless you like court of calling into it or something like that, right? Yeah. So I I don't know. I I like the idea of like not letting things phase back in to exactly do that punish like a Teferi's pro, but like you kind of see it coming, and it you costs do. a lot of mana. It costs a lot of mana. It is five. Yeah. I I, I like the idea of getting somebody with Teferi's protection. That's definitely like yeah. a bucket list challenge. Yeah. But I don't think it's incredibly effective as a general thing. It's more of like a like a stopgap. Like it, it, no, it's, it's kind of like a speed bump. You know, like if somebody's ramping really hard or something has a lot of treasures, then you put this on the battlefield, and they basically are slowed down significantly until somebody finds a removal for it, mm-hmm. which is good. I mean, if it's sticking around for a couple turns, like one, two, three, like hopefully like three, three or so turns. Three turns of them being super far behind and allowing you to uh, catch up is good, but I just don't know how good it is for five mana. It's like, it's it's no... At that point, does green not already have its kind of like, already have everything turning, right? Like, I mean, they can Mm -hmm. phase out mana rocks, they can phase out token, whatever, right? They can phase out a lot of things, right? But that's why this card should have had flash and probably been three mana. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't like know if Flash and be three aggressive. Mana, but Everything is an opposition mana, agent like to Grim. <laughs> yeah. If it was it an opposition be. agent, it would be better. <laughs> and it should draw you a card. Okay, I don't think it needs to draw you a card, but like, I genuinely think this card should have been cheaper. At, yeah. at least three I, to four mana and half Flash. Right? Like This card just... I, I like it. I like what it does. I just think that it comes at an awkward point where, like, if you're trying mm-hmm. to slow down ramp, it doesn't matter, right? They've already gone, like, in a full effect. <laughs> I think maybe this is the first attempt at hating on phasing. Mm-hmm. Like, and it probably yeah. makes sense not to, like, push it to the max on the first attempt and see how this plays out. And then they can always, like, print something else that's flashy or a little cheaper in the future. Mm-hmm. But I still, I'm still excited to play this card. I think it's, I think it's cute. I think if I was designing phase hate, if it was phasing hate, I would be like, one mana. The, uh, cards that phase out this turn don't don't ever phase back in, you know. And Ooh. then you it it has cycling or something, cycling too. So when it's not relevant in a game, you can cycle it away. Something like that would what? be really cool. Wait, wouldn't that just like be if you cast a Fury's Protection? I have this. You just auto lose essentially. Like you're just done. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, it's a Fury's Protection is boring. All right, it's, it's true. Ha- you, every single white deck has it because it's just too good. So it'd be nice to just. To just put some fear into people, you I know? I agree with I, that. I don't know if it's boring, but I do like putting the fear in. It's not. Like, it's not, It's like, a cool. Like, it's a cool card. It, I, I think it's a legitimately cool card, and I was in love with this card. It's just. It's. It's so good. It's like it, the best protection spell in oh, the game boy. by so much. It's kind of like Cyclonic Rift. Like Cyclonic Rift is a great card, but like you know, when you see Cyclonic Rift every single game, you're like, oh, okay, you know, it's it loses lackluster a little it, bit. So having yeah, something to be just like, bam. 
That's what you get. None of those cards are that bad. It's fine. No, it's really it's good. Not, I, I, I like counterplay. Isn't a, yeah. I, I like counterplay. Counterplay is good. The various protection does get more boring every time it's cast. Like when I first yeah. started playing with it and seeing people play with it, it was pretty exciting. I'm like, oh, do they have it? Like, what a awesome play! But after a couple of years, it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> that again. Yeah, hooray for also, various protection. Phasing is just cool too, right? Uh, like it's just like that, that's that, a cool card. More, is that any more boring than like I don't know? I I played another ramp spell, right? Like to me, that's the same effect. Like, like, like yeah. I, I genuinely just look at them the same. It's like, cool. All right. I, I guess I haven't gotten bored of those cards, but I'm not. No. I, I do like counterplay, and I'm always yeah. on board for anything counterplay. I just wish this was a better counterplay. Yeah. In terms of counterplay for a ramp, I think it's. I think it is good. I think like you drop this if you like ramp this out on turn four or something, and you don't phase out anything, but like the green player just lost like three or four lands. Like that is going to put them behind. Um, or if it's later in the game, I think it's going to be even more relevant because people will have even bigger board states and you'll have more stuff phase out. It's just that it doesn't have any sort of protection, so you really need ways yeah. of protecting it. And once once it is removed, like, you know, everybody's back to normal. Like, I mean, obviously they couldn't use those lands to cast more spells and stuff. That's why it's relevant. But, like, I don't know. It's five mana. It's five mana sorcery speed on a creature. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But I like like the, you know. I like the idea of it. Even if it maybe isn't 100% of the way there yet power level wise. Yeah. But anywho, we'll move on from our first card to the second card. Uh, Krim, what do you got for us? Well, congratulations, Red. You have a new staple. Uh, I'm choosing Brotherhood's End. One red red. Choose one. Deal three damage to each creature in each planeswalker. Second mode. Destroy all artifacts with mana value three or less. I think this card's a red staple. It's just amazing. Like everything, uh, for, like obviously in CDH it gets even better, that second mode. Uh, but like, because like oftentimes Anger of the Gods, Sweltering Suns, those effects just aren't enough because it's just three damage, right? No one cares unless you're playing mm-hmm. Torbrand. Uh, but like the fact that this can also hit planeswalkers pretty good right and then uh like the main thing is that second mode that's what's going to matter the most because in commander everybody plays mana rocks and it's nice to know (laughs) except for green because they don't need it but like the thing here is like yeah it's nice to know that i can just blow up a signet even green plays a soul ring because soul ring's just good right so Mm -hmm. like being able to pick off like you know if you're like me and you never have the turn one soul ring like phil or anything like that uh, you're relying on something like this to clean everybody off the board so that they have to just play, hey, you know what, a fair game. <laughs> like, so I I like this. I think blowing up everyone's mana rock is going to probably get you killed, but at the same time, it's a statement. Fast mana, <coughs> mana rocks, get out of here. <laughs> I love this. I think this is so good at destroying people setting up uh, who are who kept hands that are entirely dependent on their rocks. This is great. I have a question about this card. Why is blowing up everyone's mana rocks fair game and blowing up people's lands not fair game? When, as far as how the game functions, the impact is very similar, right? Like, you're losing mana either way. Why do commander players just broadly accept getting Vandal Blasted when if you Armageddon, whoo, like, you know, everyone's at your throat and, like, you you did something wrong? Hear me out. They aren't that different. (laughs) They aren't that different. It's just all in the eye of how people, like, you know, what people have been told, you know, what is considered taboo and what isn't in Commander. So that's why. I think think the difference usually is that a lot of decks that have mana rocks still have lands on the battlefield. So if you blow up all the mana rocks, at least they can cast some spells. 
But like, if you Armageddon people and they don't really have many mana rocks on the battlefield, then they don't really get to play magic. So it's just more. Play it's more, bigger. It's a bigger level of denial. Play more mana like, rocks. Then. Den- <laughs> that's, sure. on, that's on in, you. Should have played I mana know. rock. <laughs> I mean, in theory, in, that is correct, right, Tomer? But like, oftentimes, yeah. how many times do you see people keep hands that are just like mana rock heavier? And like still yeah. light on lands, anyways, right? So whereas I'm not gonna lie to you, I think this is probably gonna be better than Armageddon somebody because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you try to Armageddon me, I never get more than three lands, anyways. So jokes yeah. on you. I'll probably have more mana rocks though than I will. <laughs> so right? you like, smack him with this afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you get me good. But outside of that, I it, do you agree or disagree? Like I think this is a red staple. Like this I is think this so very good. good. The flexibility is is very nice. Obviously, I think, yeah, like if you're a low curve, very low curve, then this becomes even better. Um, I'm terrified because I have a artifact deck, and this will not just get my Armada Rocks; it's going to get my Mana Dorks and also some of my lands, which I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little, it's a little dicey for me. I, I'm sweating a little bit here. It's also really good against equipment. If you think about the most popular yeah. equipment, Skull Clamp, Boots, Lightning Greave, Swords, Sword yeah. of the Animus, like it, it gets pretty much all the good equipment. It gets pretty much all Doesn't the mana rocks. Caldra, Caldra survives. Yeah, play survives. play more play more Caldra. <laughs> it gets for keep telling, story. I keep telling people to play more Caldra, but nobody listens. I don't know why. Homer first saw this. <laughs> I, I think Krem is right that this is a staple level card. Although it's just weird to me that I think in Commander you play it for the artifact mode. And then the creature yeah. mode is the like once in a while back up like oh it happens to be the right situation so because i think that like anger the gods effects are like actively bad in commander and i yeah. would never play them but if your goal is to blow up everyone's mana rocks in equipment like this card's pretty good at it and you get the upside of oh maybe someone's playing elf deck and has a bunch of mana dorks mm-hmm. and you can get them too yeah because like predi- late mm. late game this card is like a, a like like the three damage effects are kind of like a meme right everybody's got yeah. like a 52 52 right but you mm-hmm. may be able to like pick off and get rid of a lot of problematic artifacts like you had mentioned boots uh and, and the soul rings and, and all of that so and treasure tokens that. get rid of all the the treasure tokens that are building mm-hmm. up and all yeah. that stuff too and this is friendly in an uh also in an aggro deck like, I foresee me actually trying this out in my humans deck because, like you had mentioned, right, Tomer, lower curve, I don't need a silly amount of mana rocks, right? So I'm probably just going to play this, try to blow up all your setup, and then just continue to the pressure the whole board, right? Yep. And then, like, yeah. on top of that, humans can grow pretty quick. Any kind of aggro tribal deck probably has a lord effect. You can grow past the three damage and maybe, like, pick off a bunch of, like, cheaper creatures, too. Also, think- gruel decks where you have the green ramp so you don't yeah. need to play mana rocks. yeah. Yeah, I think rule decks is where it's going to be like the best because if you're in like a land ramp deck and you're in red, then both modes are going to just be amazing. Like if you're not relying on mana dorks and you don't have any mana rocks, you're going to be good. Uh, it's just up, all upside every single time, no matter what. I think this card will not be that popular though, outside <laughs> of like CDH, just because it like if you are not in green and you are running mana rocks, then you're going to be like, oh, well, this can hit my mana rocks, so therefore I will not play this. 
And I think that's like somewhat valid because like if you have enough mana rocks and odds are you're going to lose something out of it. But it was going to also just be a shame. It's kind of like Farewell, you know, like how everybody keeps saying like how good Farewell is, but then nobody actually runs it because like, well, what if it exiles my stuff? No, no, only if rich. It's only Richard that is yeah. like active. Like, but what if it hits my stuff? Me, no, I will, I I will give my soul ring to set everybody back, right? Yeah. On, so... There is and a, it, it makes sense to, right? But, like, I wouldn't run to my artifact deck, for example, because oh, yeah. that mode yeah. is going to blow me out every single time. Yeah. <laughs> I but think in like, no. There's a workaround, though, where you can have your cake and eat it, too, and the answer is just play more Hedron Archives. Mana Rocks oh, yeah. survive Ooh. Ooh. the, the three oh, yeah. or less mana value, so load oh, up on Hedron Archives. You get to ramp and blow up everyone's Mana Rocks. Seth's cooking right now. Or Protection. <laughs> Just a fairy's protection in response to Brothers Who Die, and then it's just all fly. But what if you get dinned out of this or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Nick Callis. Disciple, yeah. What if oh, someone disciples no. you? <laughs> no. I, I, I think it's really sweet. I think it, it deserves a lot of play. Um, but yes, I please don't play this against my artifact. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on though, uh, there is a card that I'm slamming into my artifact deck. Speaking of, and that is Portal to Phyrexia. This is a whopping nine mana artifact, and when it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices three creatures. Then, at the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It's a Phyrexian in addition to its other types. So. Very expensive artifact, but immediately gets a ton of value. It's asymmetrical, kind of like a board wipe, essentially. Like, if you're not against a go-wide, like, token deck, you're going to be eating three creatures per opponent. And so if they don't have, like, 1-1 tokens to to be sack fodder to this, you're going to be hitting, like, commanders and their best creatures. And it's it's powerful. It's basically a, a colorless board wipe at that point, or for creature board wipe at that point. And then if it sticks around every single upkeep, you get a free reanimation. Not just your own graveyard, but anybody's graveyard. That just seems like extra value. But I think this card is like, that ETB trigger is where it's really at. The fact that you get immediate value for it, and then if you can like blink it or anything, or like sacrifice it and reanimate it that way, it's going to be amazing. Nine mana is a lot, but it's an artifact, so that means, just like green, where like mana bases, uh, mana value doesn't really matter. This is like, if you're in red, you can easily just put this onto the battlefield for free. Goblin Rel- Welder, for example, says uh, you can sacrifice an artifact or return an artifact you can uh, from your graveyard to the battlefield. So if you have any way to loot it into your graveyard, which red has plenty of ways of doing, uh, you can get it that way. Doretti is another way of getting it directly onto the battlefield. Uh, trash for will. treasure. Yeah, you right. could you could just Jessica's will to just make a lot of power, mana and get power it. stones. Yeah, power yeah. stones like okay. power stones. Intended. You can yeah. ramp it like a honest, honest gamer. <laughs> White also has like legacy. tons of ways. <laughs> yeah, White has like tons of ways of just returning all your artifacts from the graveyard. If you're in Boros, there's like wake the something. The artifacts is just like return all great all, all artifacts here to the battlefield. Like there's, there's a lot of ways of cheating on this mana, and like you just cheat this into play. You make you just destroy everybody's board presence, and then you just casually just re- reanimate creatures. Uh, it seems really good and flashy. I like it. I think it's really cool. Although I think you got to be in a specific deck. It's not a card I would jam in just any deck. You really got to have, I think, a plan for cheating into play for me to be interested in it. Because nine mana is it's a big ask, especially well, considering. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Durati meta worker. The stuff that Tomer has been saying. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. I don't think I would just jam this in a in a generic deck and hope to get value out of it. What about like the other place where it seems good is a graveyard deck, like where you're actively filling a graveyard, like a Sidisi style deck or something. Can you play it in a deck like that, or is it just too expensive? Like, what if you don't have a Duretti or a Welder or something to get it into play? Could you throw it into Madrotha or throw it into Sidisi, or is it just, like, nine mana is too much? So for, like, a Muldrotha and Sidisi deck, like, I, I don't think I'd be playing that in there. Just because, you know, I could just play Rise of the Dark Realms, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I think I care about the making you sack three part. However, in a colorless deck, like Tomer had mentioned, this card is cracked. And on top of that, I absolutely love the fact that it make becomes a Phyrexian. Like that is mm. that is so cool flavor wise. Uh but but other like C D C decks, it's a lot of mana. I having like having had a C D C deck, I, I don't see a reason for this. Uh I can I can do Rise of the Dark Realms and I can also do pretty much everything for a lot cheaper uh than than what this is asking for. This is primarily going to be an artifact style deck. Although like something that would be great is like that new Warhammer precon, uh the black one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think mm-hmm. this could definitely go in there. Uh, if you've got like this mono black or like just this, because it's it's kind of cool. It feels like you could almost make like a artifact reanimator style deck, and mm-hmm. that would just be sweet, right? That's just not something you normally think of. It seems. What su- about? Oh, go ahead. I was thinking like mono green big mana decks. You know, like oh. green generally doesn't have creature board wipes, and if you make enough mana. That nine mana is like totally irrelevant to you. Like, I don't know. That seems kind of sweet. Like, if you're like a Titania deck or something that makes tons of mana very, very quickly, or her Zeusa, you know, what you need some ways of wiping opposing creatures. That kind might, that might be a, a, I don't know. Maybe they have enough. Maybe green has enough creature removal at this point that you don't need this, but it could be fun. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, <sighs> hmm. How good the the removal mode is. I'm always skeptical of edicts just mm-hmm. because of like tokens and kind of like useless yeah. permanents, especially on turn stop. nine. Edicts are great. <laughs> you need to stop hating on edicts. They're I, great. Uh, Trust in the edict. I never mm-hmm. see you play edicts. You always talk a big edict game, but you never edict me, Krem. <laughs> I, I, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I this got, one I'm putting I into my mech, at my mech for mech. only killing things. What edicts. about? What about Blink decks? Because the place I want to play this, mm-hmm. and I think it was Phil, who's not here this week because he's uh, out in Orlando, but Phil was selling us hard on this uh, being a good card for Blink decks. If you can Blink it every turn, then the Edict effect is going to be not just a Wrath, but like a permanent Wrath. You just keep Wrathing away whatever your opponents happen to play. You kind of lock creatures out of the game once it gets going with yeah. Teleportation Circle or Brago or something. The mana cost scares me a little bit, though. Like, how do I make this work in my Brago deck or cream your Aminatu deck? Can you make this work in your Aminatu deck? Or is nine mana just, like, too much, much, even though it's going to be absurd if you get this on the battlefield with Aminatu and can blink it every turn? I mean, if I'm going to do that, right, I would just do what I already kind of do, which is blinking Liliana, Dreadhorde General. Uh, yeah, I guess that's, yeah, that's, that's, right. Right. <laughs> that's similar. Yeah. That's three less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it plays with the super friends, right? So I, I don't know. I, I think this is a lot. It, it is very much the, a one kind of like archetyped, one kind of deck thing. And it is a lot of what Tomer mentioned earlier. So you're going to need metal workers and things like that, where this isn't really nine mana. This is like four mana. I think, ooh, 
There's like one other one that I don't run this card anymore, but it's a master transmuter. You pay one, Ooh. you tap it, you replace, you bounce, you bounce an artifact from the battlefield to your to your hand, and you put an artifact from your hand onto the battlefield. Oh yeah, yeah I yes, don't really yes. run that card that much anymore, but it was like a pseudo way of ramping out big things. Yeah. And Ar- this would be like silly with it, actually. Arkham, Arkham Daxon could also Arkham yeah, Daxon, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But so again, my, see, that's my, like my, a specific no. deck, right? Like that's yeah. very. This isn't going in any deck. Artifact this is deck. going in an artifact deck. Yeah, and my my Melkton and Galdra deck is led by Brutoclad most of the time these days. Um, so I have Goblin Welder, I have Doretti, and I have Arkham Daxon in there. I also have Coldroth or Forge Master. All these ways, of just putting it directly onto the battlefield for like very little investment. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm super psyched for it. I feel like you're going to be arch enemy, but also like, what are you going to do about it? All yeah. your creatures are dead. Yeah. I could be arch enemy all day, baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm very excited for it. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to set your second card. Oh, oh boy. I think this is going to be probably one of like the major, major standouts from this, from oh, this set. Oh, definitely one of the coolest designs from the set, which is Awaken the Woods. Double green and X sorcery. You make X one one green forest dryad land creature token. So essentially, you make X dryad arbors is what they like literally are. If you've ever seen dryad arbor being a land and a creature, this card is so so cool. So on level one, it's kind of a ramp spell. It's a risky ramp spell, but if you think about it, explosive vegetation or migrations path, any of those four mana, you're getting plus two mana. You're getting two lands on the battlefield. If you cast this for four mana, you're getting plus two lands on the battlefield. So it already is like on rate kind of playable, even though there is a risk that your Dryad Forest get wrapped or something. But still, like, the amount of ramping it does is pretty impressive. And then it scales throughout the game. But the really exciting part about this card is it also essentially just says trigger landfall X times. So if you have a Scoot Swarm or you have Omnath as your commander or uh, Asai or Tetyova, anything like that, you are just going to go off. And the rate on this isn't bad when you consider that the most efficient way to make tokens, I think, is secure the waste which is one white and exit instant speed this is only one more man in its sorcery speed in commander in a green deck you can very easily get up to 10 mana 12 mana and just be putting so many lands on the battlefield which is an absurd number of landfall triggers so i think this card is just really really sweet i would consider playing in token decks as a ram spell that works with the theme of my deck if i'm playing doubling seasons or any of these token payoffs uh, i would maybe consider it as a ramp spell in generic decks even though i think it's kind of bad if you don't have synergies for it and i would definitely consider it in landfall decks and then you get other synergies where like these creatures are lands so you can play destroy all non-land permanence effects like hour of promise or something and still keep your creatures <laughs> on the battlefield i just think it's a it's a really really cool card i agree i think this card is, is gas oh, and yeah so it's good. tokens and landfall i don't think i'd use it as generic ramp just because yeah i, I don't want it to be uh, able to be a wrath, but uh, just yeah, in a landfall deck, like this is if you're going to play this, either it puts you ahead or it finishes the game, depending on the board state. It's like never going to be bad, it's never going to sit in your hand and you're going to be sad about it in a landfall deck or and in a token deck as well. Like, yeah, if you don't have your doubling season out already, then oh, whatever, but like it's not bad by itself, and then it just gets absurd. Oh. When you have a little bit of setup, a little bit of setup. Oh, ridiculous, ridiculous! Yeah, I mean, Grim, do you love it's, it? it? It's it's a green card. 
It does what green <laughs> does. <laughs> but it, but as far <laughs> as far as green cards go, Graham, give us a, a tier list ranking. I mean, yeah, I it's, mean, it's miserably green, so it's pretty high up there, right? Sorry. Like, so it will do what you want, and on top of that, it's like now, like, well, not only are you ramping, you're beating me down with your ramp, so yep. why not, right? <laughs> please kill me sooner, <laughs> like, please. It's so, I mean, yeah, you did it, play it's a good Nissa. card. It, you played this in your Nicol Bolas deck, so it, would yeah, you put well, this that, in your? Yeah, of course not at all, because like at all. <laughs> There's you, also about. <laughs> the other place this I think is really good that we didn't mention is like uh, commanders that just care about the number of lands on the battlefield. Like we got the new Titania, which when you flip it around, its power and toughness is equal to the number of lands you control. Or what's the mm-hmm. the five drop that turns all your creatures into forests? Um, Ashaya, things like that that uh, mm-hmm. that care about just the the mass number of lands on the battlefield. This is a really good effect for those uh, style decks too. Yeah, I expect to see this this showing up a, a great deal and be one of the more the bigger standouts of the set. Like it just has the 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 power floor is is really high. The power ceiling is exceptionally high. So and it's the card, flashy. The card is a house. The card is yeah. Quite, I is definitely a house. Also expect yeah. it to be sadly expensive. It's like fifteen bucks oh, yeah. now, and uh, boy, I'm tempted to just like grab a copy now for my deck because I'm not convinced that <laughs> it won't go up in the future. Funny enough, I'm not tempted at all. <laughs> oh, that's the upside of hating green. <laughs> yeah. I just don't have to buy these expensive cards. It's great. Yeah. Yep. All right. Moving on. Ooh, Krim, you've got something outside of standard. Uh, yeah, w- yeah. What would you like to share for us? So I would like to share Seth's favorite. Oh, Transformer, because it's Soundwave, the Sonic Spy, which I actually opened in my packs. I even got the token. Look how cool it is. I got the laser beak. It's so cool. Um, Yeah, so like this card is just one Esper. It has more than meets the eye. You may cast this card converted for two in Esper. Uh, Whenever one or more creature tokens you control deals combat damage to a player, exile target instant or sorcery card with mana value equal to the damage dealt. From their graveyard. Copy it. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. If you do, convert Soundwave. That's the front side. Okay. So now, the back side. Whenever you cast a spell with an odd mana value, convert Soundwave. If you do, create a Ravage, a legendary 3-3 black robot creature token with menace and death touch. And whenever you cast a spell with an even mana value, convert Soundwave. If you do, create Laserbeak, a legendary 2-2 blue robot creature with token, uh, with flying and hexproof. Okay. Now, have fun explaining that to everyone at the table numerous times. Anyways, <laughs> however, this card is sweet not only just because it's a Transformer. Actually, heavily, yes, and because it's my favorite one. Um, so not only is Soundwave a dope like Transformer to have, it as a card is pretty cool because I have, I have a Shadrix token deck. And I am now going to change my Shadrix to Soundwave because this adds a whole new fun element to tokens because what do I love more than beating people down with tokens and random tempo creatures getting to cast their things and let me tell you that I love that because I get to mill I get to play tokens I get to play a Layla and not get yelled at for being an enchantress deck I am on board this is sick this card is so That's sick so much reading for such a can, bad yeah, card can you can so, you just TLDR? What what does it do again? Like I my my brain just like actually shut down when you were reading the card. Simply put, Soundwave, you now get to floss on your opponents and let them know. Okay. What up, 
I'm playing a Transformer card in and your fantasy game. Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You floss, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, you, like, yeah. transform in a fantasy game. What up? Okay, Isn't that more Fortnite than, than Transformers? It, I'm so confused. Yeah, but Fortnite <laughs> is is what Magic's based off of. Oh, right. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, that. so, like, it's you got to remember that. It's the marketing yeah. model. Magic yeah, so it's is a spinoff. It's an offshoot of Fortnite. So <laughs> When do we get Goku? Dude, soon. And, like, yeah, so, like, I get to not only floss, I get to cast your spell, and then when I flip over into my cassette player, aka the backside, superior captain, I get to then make a token. Two tokens that are super sick. Whenever I cast an odd, like, I get one specific token uh, and I cast an odd spell, and then a different token on an even spell. And it's so cool, because then you get to copy, <laughs> like, oh, they're legendary tokens, but it's okay, we can get around that. So It's so sick! So ah, I, will, I, will, I will say, as a non-Transformers fan, just evaluating this as a playable piece of cardboard in magic i feel like it's pretty bad because that first ability it's not damage equal to or less than you have to deal like the exact amount of damage right so if you want to cast a five mana sorcery you need to deal literally exactly only five damage you can't deal six you can't deal seven so it seems like it's going to be and your opponent has to have something of that mana value in the graveyard so the front half it seems challenging to actually cast your opponent's spells for free with it. Like, it seems like you're going to have to do some serious manipulation and work to get in the right amount of damage. Or am I Wait, misunderstanding Seth. this huge wall of text? <laughs> no, no, you, you aren't misunderstanding the wall of text, but what you are misunderstanding is how little you have to convince me to play mill and beat people down. <laughs> like, sure. like, uh, That's true. And if I get to be a transformer in your fantasy game to get, add additional sodium, I am here for it. But I it am I think, here for isn't it. Isn't what's going to happen, I though, think... if you attack and your opponent's like, oh, like, I'll take a hit from one more token, so then you dealt one too many damage, and now you don't get to cast my ultimatum for free for my great... Like, well, doesn't it seem very hard to actually get to cast spells for free with this, or well, no? It's not. It's not too bad, because... I think you don't you don't cast it for its front side. You cast it for its back side, right? Okay. So you cast it for its back side, and then hopefully you you cast something that you that makes a token. So you flip it over to the front side, and now you have yeah. both the tokens they make is either menace or flying. So, and they have death touch too. So De- one know. is flying hexproof, the other is death touch menace. So right? they're not stuff that you can easily block. I mean, you could chump the the menace a little bit easier, but you lose two but tokens out of touch. that. Yeah like, yeah, like the thing here is, I don't care about the front. The front side is just an additional, okay, like an additional value, right? What I'm caring about is so you're about the I get to now tape. play. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so all about weird. the set tape. I'm gonna get to play monastery mentors <laughs> and like things like that, right? That's the whole re- point of the deck. I want to make a ton of tokens, yeah. and I, I I know that the tokens are legendary, so you are gonna you can easily like just like blow it up and then whatever it doesn't matter the point here is that i just want to make some tokens and i want to make a like ha- actually it's mostly just the transformers tonight, but but on top of that i get i get to cast some spells for free along the way and yeah. if you're milling the if you're milling the opponents even if i got to cast something let, let's say i wanted to deal seven damage to cast your ultimatum and then you're like you know what I'm going to take one more damage. Well, if you have an eight mana cost card in there, you probably don't want me to cast that. If I cast a six or five, whatever, I still got to cast something for free. And okay. I don't hate that at all because I'm I'm already doing what I need to do, right? Which is apply a board with a bunch of tokens and beat you down with it. 
So I think if you're aggressively milling people, then it makes more sense to me. I see what you're saying. You're just like, I'm just going to mill so much that I'm going to hit you for some amount of damage and trust that I'm going to get to cast something. So it's not right. not so much about casting something in specific. It's more like if I fill right. your graveyard enough, no matter what amount of damage I deal to you, as long as it's not like 20 or something ridiculous, like I should be able to cast it and get value. I think mirror box is and, sweet, too, and- to keep your tokens around. That might be a, exactly. an option. Like try to get around the legend rule a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if you're already hitting for somebody for 20, I don't think I need to cast a spell, right? <laughs> the real <laughs> The real question though, Krem, you got this in oh, paper, right? Are there Yeah, yeah. Are there official Soundwave and Laserbeak tokens or no? Yeah. So yeah, so this is the Laserbeak token. Oh. I don't have the the Ravage one, but I do have the Laserbeak one. Is it dunking nice. on a basketball net? It, it's <laughs> sitting on a basketball hoop. So you get to dunk on people, dude. Oh it's my so god. That is the most cringe thing I've ever heard. It's so, and you reap the salt of Transformers. <laughs> is this going to come to Moto? Please, Moto. Oh, you know. We, we, we all know the answer that's not coming to Come on, Moto, please. <laughs> I think it's it's neat without being like overpowered. So yeah, none of them are busted. Thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, none of them are busted actually. Um, but anyway, we'll move on to my second pick, and this one I'm very excited for. This is Blast Furnace Hellkite. It's a nine mana, so very expensive nine mana dragon five five. No, but not. it has artifact offering. An artifact offering is a callback to the original Kamigawa. Uh, offering cycle which says you may cast the spell as though it has flash by sacrificing an artifact and paying the difference in mana value or mana cost between this and the sacrifice artifact mana cost includes uh color so if you sacrifice a five mana cost artifact then you just have to pay the difference which would be four yes yes you would have to only pay four and you get to (laughs) cast at instant speed which is really nice and so it's a 5-5 flying double strike. Creatures attacking your opponents have double strike. So if you are attacking your opponents, you get double strike. And if your opponents are attacking anybody but you, they also have double strike. If they attack you, they don't get double strike. So I like this card as both a uh, very flashy, cool uh, combat finisher for actually a couple mm-hmm. different decks. Nine mana is a lot. Like if you're hard casting this for nine, uh, you probably have better options. But... I really like this in my artifact deck. Surprise, surprise. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of artifacts that like cost a lot of mana and want to be sacrificed. Like Spine of Ishsa is seven mana, ETB, uh, destroy a non-land permanent, and then when it's sacrificed, it goes back to your hand. So you could you could offer that to the Hellkite and then only cast it for two mana. That's really cool. Or uh, there's stuff that has high mana values but aren't actually that expensive because they have like affinity for artifacts, for example, and you can sacrifice those things um, and and get that value out of the Hellkite. And uh, I also have a Perfos Dragon deck, which I have no intention of paying nine mana to cast it. I'm going to cheat into play, sneak attack it into play for three mana instead. And then boom, my team has all double strike and it's hitting for 10 damage by itself. It seems really good. It's really like Avatar Slaughter, which was my my favorite uh, card when I started playing Commander. It came in the Zedru Precon, I think, or maybe it was a Kalia one. Either one. It was uh it was like eight eight. It was eight mana eight eight Avatar. I Krim thought it was a, a an angel. I, uh, yeah. Oops, a daisy. I know. Um, but it's not. It's an Avatar. Why is that- 
<laughs> and all creatures have double strike and attack each combat they feel but that means they can attack you and then you just die and then you're sad uh this one is just it's all upside and i i like it it's really cool you know I, I could actually yeah tutor this one up with kalia you know for, yes. to play for kalia so. yes you can actually play you can wow. actually choose this with the play of kalia so strict upgrade to avatar wow Slider. yeah <laughs> the ability to read the card does explain <laughs> the card wow <laughs> I mean, this card's just going to kill people, right? Like, even yeah. outside of giving your team double strike, can't you just wait until your opponents are attacking each other and uh, mm-hmm. flash this in and essentially let someone die after blocks? It seems pretty easy to cheat this in with Embercleaves or Affinity stuff. There's so many artifacts that get these big... They have high mana values, but get a big cost reduction, so you get them on the battlefield. or like the Great Henge, something like that, where you can be casting this easily for, like, two mana, three mana, and just absolutely wrecking people this card seems so brutal like yeah in a a dedicated artifact deck it seems good but you got mana rocks like i could see playing this outside of dedicated artifact decks just to just to get the combat damage wins i'm gonna shout out richard because he's the one who kind of converted the group to it but coveted jewel can you Mm. imagine you coveted Mm. jewel you tap this for three red you sacrifice it to the blast furnace hellkite and you cast it for free Oh, After yo. drawing three cards, just good so value. good, so good. The value, yeah, That's I think this so card is value. Yeah. This card's really scary. <laughs> this card, I kind of overlooked it, but wow, this card is something. Yeah, it's fun. And I, I, as fun. someone who's like becoming more aggressive as I keep playing Commander, I, I very much value just stuff that is like, now you die. <laughs> Enjoy Dirtling, but it's over now. I think you die. Going to events like Magic Thirty have convinced me that I need to keep being more aggressive because people want to play games, and if you sit down and play a three-hour game with one group, that's just less games you can get through. Oh, yeah. So I need more like people just die, so I can play with the next group of people that want to play decks. <laughs> I play like Perforos and Tribal Tribal exclusively, at, like almost exclusively at Magic Thirty, just because I was like, oh. yeah, there's a lineup. <laughs> like, oh, I was, yeah, I need to get to the next game. <laughs> I was doing it wrong. I got everyone standing around watching. Wait, I'm like, oh, okay, Yarok. Evoke a Mall Drifter, blank, blank the Mall Drifter, draw four. Attack you for two. <laughs> you for you two. Your go. <laughs> I played a lot of Zevlor. I really got to know a lot of people's decks in game. Like, <laughs> thought seizing. I was like, yo, hey, I get to see your hand, your hand, your hand. <laughs> gross. Gross, gross, gross. But anyway, moving on from Blast Furnace, Hellkite, except your third pick. All right. I have the single most stapley card i think from this entire release and that is lauren of the third path it's a card that i honestly have been wondering for years why this card doesn't exist and it is literally a white version of reclamation sage a three mana two one when etbs you can blow up an artifact or enchantment except to get some upgrades it is vigilance and if you want to you can uh, tap it and you and an opponent each draw a card I've always wondered, with white being one of the best colors, primary colors, for blowing up artifacts and enchantments, it's the disenchant color. Going back all the way to alpha, why does green get the Rex Age effects and white doesn't? White gets the worst versions of Rex Age. Well, now we finally have one, and I feel like if you're some sort of white deck, you just play this every time, and it's going to be good, just like you would with Rex Age in a green deck. Like, it's just a really good effect. And I think that last mode, when you evaluate this in terms of 60 card magic, you don't want to tap and give each player a card very often. That's something that's pretty rare. What? In Commander, though, I think it's actually pretty good. As we've seen with, like, Secret Rendezvous, 
you have control over this. You can choose Krim, who's mana screwed and isn't really a threat to hurt you if he gets an extra card. Or maybe you can curry favor with Krim, who's mana screwed by helping him get the land he needs to actually play magic. And you're going to be friends for the rest of the game. So I think there's actually a lot of value with this in Commander in specific once it's on the battlefield. And it's even got vigilance. So if you're playing equipment, you can chip in with it and hit someone and get your sword trigger and then still tap it to draw a card. Or you can wait until the end step before you go to tap it to draw a card uh, so your opponents aren't going to get advantage of it during their main phase. So I think this card is just legitimately great. I'm not at all interested in playing it as my commander. No, no, no. But in the 99, I think this is just an amazing card, like a, a true staple for white decks. Yeah. I mean, right? Like, this is just a flat-out, pretty pretty simply put, just a yeah. great card. It's... If everyone already plays Rexage, why not play a Rexage that can also potentially help draw a ton of cards? Yeah. Yep. I, I think it's just, yeah, it's a card that's going to see a ton of play. Uh, obviously really good to blink. Uh, it's a legendary, so, like, it even is better in white, I think, because Ooh, white has, like, tutors, ways of tutoring yes. up legendaries and good stuff. Good call. Yeah. It's historic, so, like, triggers Teshar or whatever. Uh, it's untitanable, for sure, so... There's a lot of inherent synergies, Florin, especially in white. It's not I also historic. Like, also a human, too, arena. which is, is relevant <laughs> for tribal decks. <laughs> yeah. I, also, I also like that uh, it is secret tech, or not so secret tech against uh, Thoracle. Because if <laughs> yes. somebody has uh, the, the uh, Vass's Oracle trigger on the stack... You can draw them a card and they tap die. Yeah. So you you actually have to you actually have to kill Lauren if if Lauren can tap uh, and you want a Thoracle, you actually have to kill Lauren first before you can Thoracle, which is very Ooh. it's like a cool little safeguard so there. You think that means this is CEDHable? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. That doesn't seem that. bad. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I want to draw anybody in CDH a card though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even just like the Rex Age, if you choose not to do it, though, even just the Rex Age is good. I, I, you know what? I think it's not too bad even to just draw somebody a card. Like, if they just got, like, they comboed off and they got stopped, what are they going to do? Yeah. I don't know. You're safe to give them one card and then lose to, like, Underworld Breach or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, it blows up the Underworld Breach. It's so good. That's true. <laughs> you blow up their Underworld Breach, and then you're like, I'm sorry I blew up your Breach. Here's a card. Here's a card, yeah. <laughs> Not if you're the reason how they got that there. Like, they've already yeah. used it, right? Like, oh. Yeah. I think it, I, yeah, I think this card's solid. But another card that I think is solid is on Crim's List. What do you got for us? Teresian Mindbreaker. That's right. It is a... Wait, I didn't think this card was solid. Never mind. I take it back. Well, well, well I mean, I have a few, but like, I wanted to go with Teresian's, uh, Like, okay. Oh. At least it's not a Transformer. I'll give it that. It's it's not a Transformer. It kind of transforms. But it is a giant robot. Teresian Mindbreaker is a 7-mana 6-4. When, when it attacks, defending player mills their li- uh, half their library rounded up and has mm. unearthed. Yo, dude, this is so sick. I already liked my gigantic, like, fleet swallowing fishy boy. Why am I not going to play this giant Transformer juggernaut? It's milling. It's chilling. It's killing. I love this thing. It's so cool. It does exactly what I wanted to do. And it's a big Timmy robot. Like, how cool is that? That's exactly what I love. And before anyone says it, Mill is miserable. I know. And that's why <laughs> that's it's why so Grim plays fun. <laughs> yeah. Better than Sword of Body and Mind. Yo, okay, oh, hold on. Nothing's yes. better than Sword of Body and Mind. Really? Yo. <sighs> I think this card's actually kind of good in Mill. 
because yeah. of the unearth. Like you wouldn't want this outside yeah. of a mill deck, unless Krim maybe would want it because he's Krim. But most people wouldn't want it outside <laughs> of a mill deck. But in a mill deck. The part that scares me is the unearth is only four, <laughs> and it rounds up. So if you're playing something like Burvac, and you can get this in the graveyard on turn two, and then just like play Burvac or Frank Sanity, and then unearth this, you just kill someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. it even rounds up, so it's like guaranteed. It's not a round down like Xander or something. So you literally are guaranteed to just kill someone on turn four with this unearth with Burvac or Frank Sanity, which is kind of absurd. This is just a like, better traumatize uh, on the Xander graveyard, right? Been, uh, but I yeah. still love Xander, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this. you just paired this with a doubler effect, a uh, uh, mill doubler like Bruvac or Frank Sanity or whatever, and that, that's lethal, right? Yeah. I just, yeah. So I think it's very out. good. I don't think I'd run it outside of a mill deck, but like, it's no. good. But, but, but well, okay, but I would play it in like a Grixis artifact deck because Big Robot. <laughs> would, you, would, you, uh, would you run it in uh, Rogues? Ooh, it'll turn you out know, on your rogue Eight or more you know, cards in the I, graveyard. I, you I did it. <laughs> I do like yeah. that. I do. And and if I think about it, like nothing is more sneaky than rogues getting into a giant robot. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty subtle. Yeah. You know. Okay, I can get down with that. I think this is kind of cool. I'll try it. Because, in all honesty, it. You know, along the way when you're milling with rogues, I'm pretty sure I do some self mill too. So mm-hmm. why not? I love this card. Okay. It's, okay. cool. it's just it's just a cool giant robot that mills. It is. A I, I'm sorry. I that that is it is it's very bare bones. It's it's on the nose, but like it's very much so what I love doing. Give me giant ro- like Gundam. Give me mill. <laughs> I love it. I'm on board. It is a juggernaut. I feel like juggernaut is an underutilized card type. We need to have some more juggernauts in the game. We need juggernaut tribal. Where's our commander for juggernaut tribal? Get on that, yeah. Watsy. <laughs> that's coming. That's coming with our X Men secret layer when we get what's, Juggernaut. What's the difference between Juggernaut and Construct? Because we have like eight eight constructs, what's, and then we have Juggernauts. What's the difference between any artifact creature types in Magic? I I have never been other than Mira. well, Transformers Mira, are robots, obviously, oh, because they're in, in disguise. Actually, no, they're in disguise, so they're not right. robots. You don't know that, so or else they would be failing that slogan. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess Watsy has failed because they, they labeled them robots, but... Oh, no. <laughs> now the internet knows. The backside is vehicle, so... Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll move on from Juggernauts and Constructs and Robots uh, to my third pick, which is a commander that I'm very excited to build around. It's just mono black Edric. It's Gix, Yogmoth, Praetor, and hopefully this won't be soft banned from the table. Uh, it's a... Three mana, three, three, legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. Uh, whenever a creature deals combat damage to to one of your opponents, its controller may pay one life. If they do, they draw a card. And it also has a big old activated ability. You can pay seven mana, four, and triple black, and discard X cards. Exile the top X cards of target opponent's library. You may play lands and cast spells from among cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. Ooh la la. So it's it's literally just mono black Edric. You play a bunch of dumb evasive beaters. You hit people. You lose life. You draw cards. Your opponents 
don't want to attack you because they want to draw that sweet, sweet card draw, baby. So they attack each other, which just works in your favor. You draw a ton of cards. You have a reliquary tower or whatever on the battlefield. You discard your your stupidly large hand of like 20 cards or whatever. You play all of the cool stuff off your opponent's uh, library and you just have a fun time. It's just fun. It's just fun for the table. I just It's a cute. It's Edric. I love Edric. I think this card is awesome. It is awesome. (laughs) It definitely is super awesome. My question for you, though, Tomer, is how good is it? Because one of the things I remember from when we softbanned Edirect was (laughs) the play pattern was like, play unblockable one drops, play Edirect, hit you, draw a ton of cards, time warp, do it again, and then time stretch, do it again. (laughs) Like, is this this going to be as powerful as Edirect, or does being mono black kind of like a little bit limit how snowball-y it is. The it's way worse. Yeah, it's okay. way worse than Edric because it, it doesn't have counter magic. It doesn't have green ramp. Like, it doesn't have mana dorks, which are amazing in Edric. And it doesn't have time walks, which are like the mate. The, that, that was my primary win condition is just time walks. You don't get to... You don't get to interact with me because I just never stop taking extra turns. This one is, like, very fair. Like, I think you need to have, like, ways of protecting Gix and... There's going to be less. There's going to be less evasive beaters that you can have at one mana than if you're in uh, Simic, and you don't have any counter magic, and you don't have extra turns. So it's very fair, and you lose life. Like I mean, if you lose a ton, if you're like at ten or something, you can't just keep drawing cards off kicks and and not worry about it. But even though, even all that caveats in mind, I still think it's a powerful commander. It does look super fun to play with. It just looks looks like so much fun. You get the villainous wealth of casting your opponent stuff. Mm. And one thing we've learned about cards like this is your opponents aren't going to attack you. Like, once you play this, they're all going to attack each other because they're going to want to draw a card. So it's actually, like, oddly good defense in its own really strange way once it's on the battlefield. Unless you just deny the value you don't fall for the greed you punch the geeks player or or <laughs> the edric player and you don't let their tactics fool you Seth, but, will you deny card draw no, if i played geeks on course. the battlefield yeah, okay, and you so, have so of Seth, like, i'm drawing cards dangling the golden carrot in front of Seth. <laughs> <laughs> me i am blind to the value i will punch the, the edric player <laughs> no the, the rogues you go why you have so many evasive beaters. I'm just helping you, Krim. Just oh attack, yeah. Oh, well, I didn't think of it attack that our, our enemies. We could be friends. No, get out of here, <laughs> Edric. Never <laughs> fall for the Edric tricks, and I will never fall for the Gix tricks. Everybody says they never fall for the Edric tricks, and then they always fall for the Edric tricks. So <laughs> it's <fair>. funny. <laughs> that is fair. When I saw this card, it reminded me of both of you honestly because the edric part definitely reminded me of like oh that's something mm. that tomer is going to build around but then the like steal all the stuff off your opponent's deck that's like very crimmy so i figured you guys were going to be battling it out to see who got to play this one when we do brothers or commander clash week this was <laughs> on very my much list us. of what i wanted to talk about but then i saw tomer had it so then i was like okay i can't <laughs> well we talk about it together yeah so yeah that's all true. good it's us it's us it's us <laughs> <laughs> it it is there is a very big overlap between my style and crim style here like this is like a mesh of both so yeah very cool i can't wait to to at least it's gonna be on commander clash 100 percent. like if oh, we yeah. do uh between an episode you and on I, brothers war yeah he will make one of us yeah. it will be on that guy yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um we will move on to seth your fourth pick so 
Phil's not here this More week. Round. Phil's not here this week, so I gotta I gotta give a yeah. give a Phil card in honor of Phil. Although I actually do think this card's pretty sweet. And that card is one with the multiverse. It's a six mana enchantment. You can look at the top card of your library. You can play cards off the top of your library. And once during each of your turns, you can cast a spell from your hand or the top of your library without paying its mana cost. So this is future sight mixed with a little bit of omniscience, essentially. Um it's it's very much a fill card. It's this huge value cast stuff for free style card. But I actually think this card's pretty sweet. When I first saw it, I was like, all right. Future Sight's, what, five mana? We also have, like, Reality Chip, which I think is even cheaper than Future Sight. There's there's many ways to cast cards off the top of your deck that are much less mana. But then the more I thought about this card, I actually think this might be one of the better of the effects. Because if you can get to eight mana, you can cast this and you immediately get a free spell. So you can follow that up with something big, either off the top of your deck or from your hand. So it kind of, in a weird way, reduces its cost. Because uh, if you would have spent that mana on your other thing, whatever, it wouldn't have out so i think this is actually a pretty powerful uh future sight style effect and then one of the things i love about it is the way you fizzle casting cards off the top of your library is to eventually hit something that you can't cast and being able to cast one spell for free maybe you hit something really expensive that you don't have the mana for well you can use that as your free spell for the turn to keep digging further and further into your library so i think it's just like a really fun really fun really flashy top end card i don't think it's going to be miserable like omniscience i don't think it's just immediately wins you the game it's only one free spell each turn uh so i think it's a neat card that we're gonna see phil play a lot in his simic ramp style piles and plus all the future site combos also work with this if you want to do sensei's divining top loops and that kind of stuff any any of those combos also work with uh one with the multiverse i love this card i think this card is amazing it's going right it, like my my question to you is it's cool right now right like you like it but how long until you get tired of seeing this? Because I think this card is very good. <laughs> uh, I love it. I'm go- I plan on uh, having Doctor Strange altered onto this. So, Ooh. like, mm. I I definitely I know who that is now because card. because of Marvel Snap, Krim. You made me learn. <laughs> I know what you're I know what you're talking you about. You did it. You did it. He it gets took, pop culture references it, now. You heard it. YouTube Seth knows it took what like, an X Man is. It took X-Man. like 250 <laughs> podcast episodes, but you won, Krim. You won. Who is the X Man? <laughs> Now, before anyone yells at me in YouTube, he's not an X Man. I know, but that's the cl- that's that's like almost an X Man. That's, that's as close as it gets when it comes it's to adjacent. me. It's adjacent. It's adjacent. I don't think this is a miserable card, is it? Yeah. Like, it, is this unfun? I feel like omniscience is unfun. Future uh, yeah, sight yeah. effects, yeah. I think, are fine. I've never never really got upset about future sight effects. I feel like the once per turn restriction. Is gonna make this okay. So I I don't think I'm gonna end up finding this one miserable the way I find omniscience a little bit miserable. So I'm I yeah. don't think it's ever gonna happen. I don't know. What do you think, Tomer? Is this a card that could end up unfun in the long run, or is eight mana and only once per turn enough safety valves to keep it fun? I don't think you'll see it that often. Like it's it's eight mana, it's an enchantment. Enchantments are a little bit harder to generally like get onto the battlefield by cheating it into play. Like yeah, like artifacts are. There's no goblin. Like, there welder are a couple or ways. Yeah, yeah. There's no goblin welder. There's like what? There's like the the thing that when it dies, the white creature when it dies, <laughs> you can put an enchantment on the battlefield. Yeah, but that's but like, like that can already put on missions. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the fact. I honestly do like the fact that you can cast a spell for free. So you're gonna be haymaker tribal or whatever. But it's only once per turn. And yeah, the future sight ability is good too. But like, 
I don't know. I think that's fine. I think it's like more fair than like Bolus's Citadel, for example, I, which is significantly cheaper oh, and can keep going. That's true. I will say there is so. one way to abuse this that I found, which is if you blink it, it resets the free yeah. spell. So I've seen some people talking about Displacer Kitten. Like you cast a non-creature spell for free, and then Displacer Kitten is going to blink yeah, it. Yeah. So it blinks the one with the multiverse, so you get another free spell and just keep going and going. It's like, yeah, displacer, saying, saying Displacer Kitten breaks something is like saying the Dockside Extortionist yeah, like, breaks something. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like yeah. Okay. Nod's Altar or whatever. Yeah. Which which is breaking the thing? Is it? <laughs> Is it the one with the multiverse or is it the displacer kitten? I, I see a common I, trend with the hmm. displacer kitten here. I mean, clearly the eight man enchantment is the broken. The yeah. broken. Yeah, I think yeah, it's fine. Like, so, so you wouldn't be upset if you saw this game after game after game after game. I don't think I will. I like if I did, then I'd be like, I'd be bored of it. But I, I think I'll see it. You'll see it in like Haymaker Tribal decks. You'll see it like in Joda, like old school Joda, which you pay five mana instead of eight. That's you, really good. And then whatever else can cast super makers i don't know super friends if you pay eight mana for your in your if you play like legit eight mana for your one with the multiverse and super friends and have at it i mean we do play with phil though this seems like a card that phil will put in literally every deck every everyone yeah then i'll just kill him faster it's fine (laughs) i guess it's like every other card he dies before he he can play this yeah if he plays one with the multiverse (laughs) and i play blast Furnace Hylkai, I wonder who's going to win yeah. that that war. I think it's going to be me. The fair. Real Brothers That's War. Fair. Got it. The Real Brothers War. <laughs> <laughs> Who will win? Somebody, like one glowy boy or one big-ass dragon with double strike? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with it, personally. Yeah, me and too. And you can have fun. Dirtly players are allowed to have fun, but cap that once per turn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll move on. Uh, Krim, what do you have as a fourth pick for for us? This card has, I think, been slipping under the radar. Um, Defabricate, one in blue. Instant choose one counter target artifact or enchantment spell. If a spell counter this way, uh, exile instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. Or counter target activator triggered ability. So you will now, if you, if like, I promise you this, if my deck has blue, I have this <laughs> in Commander. <laughs> Jeez. So now, really, a, I I love this. You're telling me I can stifle somebody. Yeah. So that's already, you know, I love my gotcha cards, and that's a gotcha. There's nothing more than a, a like a good old stifle. But when stifles also, where stifles kind of suck is like, okay, well, it only counters, you know, an activate ability or whatever. But mm-hmm. enchantments and artifacts aren't exactly unheard of in commander. Mm-hmm. I'm playing this. I love this card. Mostly for the troll. It's not meant to be like, like oh, this is like going to replace Counterspell or Mana Drain. Or actually, mm-hmm. it would replace Counterspell. But it would not replace like like Mana Drain or Arcane Denial. But I think this card counters a lot of things. And getting that Stifle is... Pro- and it gets better in CDH, obviously. But like it gets a lot of stuff in Commander. Being able to just straight up Stifle any effect whenever I need. If like something already slipped through the cracks. Because oftentimes a counterspell sucks when something slides through, right? When like the table goes double spell, triple spell, whatever, right? To bait out a counterspell, you have to counter one, you're tapped down. Well now, after tapping down, I can still use this in some other meaningful way. Even though you've kind of slipped through a spell. Hmm. I think this card's nice flexibility. But I do have a question for you, Krim. How would you compare the Fabricate to another counter spell that's very similar? Tails, Tails end? end. Yeah, yeah. it has the same man- it has the same mana value. One blue. It's instant counter target activate ability triggered ability, which is the same thing right. as this. 
or a legendary spell. So instead of legendary spell, it's uh, defabricate as artifact or enchantment spell, and it exiles it. So that's why I like this, because although I can counter your commander, there's probably usually ways I can counter a commander, right? This I like just because I can also just counter an artifact or enchantment and be done with it. Mm-hmm. I do like that, and the stifle effect is always nice. So Tail's End is really good as well, but defabricate hitting enchantments and artifacts in a format that, that is heavily like like just skewed with like just littered artifacts everywhere and, and, and enchantments i'm on board with this i i like this i think this card is really fun and That's nothing I, I as a blue player i think that it is healthy to always have at least one stifle to keep people <clears throat> honest <laughs> yeah some so, kind of stifle needs to be in your deck i feel stifle is always like like the biggest playmaker ever but it's so situational Right, yeah, like you really need to be stapled on something that can do something else. I feel so. like I never, or very, I shouldn't say never, but I feel like I very rarely see the stifle mode on these cards actually come into play. I feel like Tails mm-hmm. End is like ninety percent counter a creature, and this will probably be ninety percent counter a, a artifact or enchantment. But it is an upside, and I think there are enough artifacts and enchantments. Then most decks are going to have them. That it probably is, especially if you're playing a Crim style Drago deck or whatever, that it probably is worth running. And on top of that, the exiling, I think, is being a little bit, like, slept on a little just because, like, artifacts, what do they always do? They always come back. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> if, I, same with enchantments. If you want a sleeper, I'll give you a sleeper card right now because I was researching this card when I saw Defabricate, and I was trying to find comparisons for it. So I did a little search and do you know a card named Illumination? There is a card. Yeah. It's an uncommon from Mirage. It is two, yeah. white, two white mana, counter target artifact or enchantment spell. It's caster gains life equal to uh, the spell's mana value. Oh, yeah. So it's, uh, uh, I think I'm going to start playing that along with my mana ties. I just love the, the white counter spells. So In white, yes. <laughs> it is silly. But like, it doesn't have the stifle. No, one, see, expects, you gotta, no one expects Illumination, you, though. <laughs> no, it no, you don't because like, you just disenchant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I want my disenchants to have a timing restriction, Tomer. <laughs> disenchants and gain them easy. life. Yeah, and gain them life at the same time. <laughs> oh boy, you heard it here first. Hashtag not MTG finance. Illumination, <laughs> new tech. Yeah, get them now. Yeah, this, I like the fabricate a lot. I'm just I sweating even more for my poor artifact deck that I Ooh. love. <laughs> All this hate. Why? It does only fair things. <laughs> but I, I digress. Uh, I have a fourth pick. Ooh, okay. I have. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do this one. I'll do this one. It's uh, okay. So this is one that I'm. I'm. I have a like. I have a modular modular Mech Titan Calder deck that's artifacts. So one side is is blue red. One side is blue white. And a new blue white leader. Uh, goodbye, Sharikai. Hello, Urza, Lord Protector. It's the Azorius. Urza, it's one white and blue for a 2-4 legendary creature human artificer. Artifact, instant, and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. And if you have the Might Stone and Weak Stone on the battlefield, which is a new artifact, it's a five-mana artifact uh, that you, when it enters the battlefield, you either draw two cards uh, or target creature gets slain to five and the five until end of turn and it's after two mana. Um, if you have both on the battlefield 
you can pay seven mana and meld them together to make dun 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 Urza Planeswalker, which is this big old melded planeswalker, the biggest, literally the biggest planeswalker of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven starting loyalty, so much text. Let me just, oh my god, there's so much text. Um, it's too yeah. small to read. It's too small. And yeah. so much and text. Sound yeah. wave is there what we're concerned about. <laughs> yeah, no, this. but this one's actually cool. All right, this oh, is actually get cool. Get out of here. <laughs> once during, once during each of your turns, you may activate an additional. Additional loyalty ability of Urza Planeswalker. So its plus two ability is artifact, instant, and sorcery spells you cast this turn cost two less to cast. Its plus one is draw two cards and discard a card. Its zero is create two one one colorless soldier artifact creature tokens. Its negative three is exile target non land permanent. And its negative ten is artifact and planeswalker you control have indestructible until end of turn. Destroy all non land permanent. So it does everything. It does literally everything and you can activate it twice. So you can give all your stuff like negative four, negative, or negative four, uh, a four mana discount on your instant artifacts or sorcerers. You can exile a thing and make some block. You can draw cards. You can exile, wrap the board of all of the other stuff that you control. It's it's super fun. It requires two mana, and I just love the idea of like taking two cards and putting them together and be like, I come, I do the power of <laughs> bow. It feels very like it feels very anime, you know, like you just yeah, I like that. <laughs> it, it makes me happy. It it, it releases a dopamine. <laughs> so so yes. So do you think Urza is? a strong commander it's a card i've been trying to to figure out so the upside is the cost reduction is not bad like three mana is a little bit steep compared to brawl or something but still it's a, it's a ram spell it is seven mana to meld it together like is is that too much or in in commander i think not at all not when you're with the, the deck that you're building there if it's artifact based come on now seven mana set that's easy that's, that's cake that's like, does green have ramp, right? <laughs> so, like, but the one thing that I do concern myself with more is not so much the cost of the seven mana of the activation. It's the other half to get him to his Planeswalker form. That's the one I'm concerned about. Might sound weak stone? Yeah, because if that mm. gets answered, <laughs> like, you only, you have only one. got Urza, yeah, get, right? You, get yeah, your you only have eternities one. going. Right, yeah. so... <laughs> I actually did play test this. Uh, I played five games of Urza um, because we just we just proxied it up, and I, I gave it because it's just replacing Sharikai as my commander, and uh, it's not. It didn't, it didn't do How that many great. times but did you it, flip it? Did you did you meld it? How many times in those five? Two games? times. Two times. Okay. One time it actually won me the game. The other times, uh, the Mightstone Weakstone got exiled, and then I got of Karn and it got exiled again. Um, I couldn't find it in time. But the point is, though, the point is, though, there are a lot of ways of finding it. Like, in in white and blue, the Mightstone and Weakstone is very easy to find. You you have Fabricate, you have Word of Invention, you have Enlightened Tutor. You have, like, you can find it pretty consistently every single game. Yes, it can get exiled. Yes, it can be countered and all that stuff. But, like, you flip it over and you have two cards that... You put them together, you see, and no. they become a big planeswalker. I get that you like your plane chase sized cards. That card is yes. great. I think that's cool. My concern, my thing here is if you build this as your commander, right? Like, are you okay with it just being the front side? That's essentially what you have to ask yourself. It's pretty good. You right. know, if you're yeah. in an artifact deck, it's pretty good. That's fine. Right. So if you're okay with just it being a 2-4 a with a reduction cost, then hell yeah. Right, yeah. because 
the meek stone part is a an actual like like liability right because uh, you do mm. not get the full potential of your commander if yeah. it gets answered once or if they attack him and then he dies you know then it's like, okay big sad or as you had mentioned you never find it or you don't draw it in time like you know so that's the only concern i would have for it otherwise hell yeah i mean put the two giant cards together oh yeah wait <laughs> what what happens if you do meld and then they heroes downfall your your melded planeswalker? Do you use the Mightstone and Weakstone forever in that case too, or does it no? Go back to the it graveyard? will go to the graveyard. Okay. Will, both both cards go to the graveyard and then you can choose the part or is it back into the okay. command zone. That's okay. how it works. So that's there's plenty of ways to reanimate it. So unless and, you get hit by like literal exile removal, you're like you get another shot yeah. at it probably. And if you do flip it, you do get a median value, right? Like, you can exile a permanent if there's something super threatening. Or you could just Mm -hmm. plus two, two times. And you could, like, just all your your spells cost four less, essentially. Uh Like, your instant sorceries and artifacts cost four less. And this is, like, this is the only way to assemble my culture uh, combo (laughs) in one turn. Because... My my shield of cauldron helm also costs zero, and my sword only costs one. And then I've got those on the battlefield. My astronauts also cost zero, and my altar of the brew costs zero. So all so I just have to pay one mana to get my five permanents onto the battlefield and combo and win. It's that easy. So that so what you're saying here sweet. is only flip it when you're ready to win the game. With Caldra. Oh, well, not win the game, or, disassemble yeah. Caldra, yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, that is win the game. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. You, you, need, the, the you need Urza, you need the Mightstone and Weak Stone, you need seven mana, and then you need uh, Sword of Caldra, Shield of Caldra, and Helm of Caldra, uh, Ashron's Altar, and Altar of the Brute, and then one extra mana. So you need eight mana total, and then you win the game. It's that easy. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's so sure. cool it is sure. cool it is i don't know about easy but it is certainly cool yeah it is cool i don't know how easy that is but yeah that is cool <laughs> it doesn't really work but it's very cool but when so, it does yes super when sick. it will and it will um all right uh well we covered four each so that's 12 Let's do a quick lightning round on maybe just some cards. We won't have a big discussion, but what other super uh, exciting ones are you like hyped for playing as well? Like, let's do like one one each or two each. We'll just see how fast we go for it. All right. Um, so Seth. I think the, the Titanium Meld Pair, I think, is pretty sweet mm. as well. I think that might actually be the best of the Meld Pairs. Uh, if you can get some lands in your graveyard, it can uh, it can flip around into a pretty mighty creature. And the thing I like about it is what you're what you're melding it with is a land, which I think is a pretty big upside compared uh, compared to a lot of other Meld Pairs where you need to draw two non-land cards, especially in green because you can tutor up lands really easily. Uh, it's just a 3-4. You need four lands in your graveyard in to make it to your upkeep, and it flips into a creature with Vigilance, Trample, and Haste, uh, and uh, Reach, and its power and toughness is equal to the number of lands you control, and its ETB is a Splendid Reclamation. You reanimate all your lands, and you can pay four to turn a land into a 4-4 creature, essentially, permanently, not until end of turn. So I think for Land Matters decks, Wind Grace, uh, any any sort of land graveyard shenanigan-style decks, I think Titania is really sweet in the 99. And if you want to build, like, mono-green graveyard Land Matters stuff, it's a pretty cool commander, too. So that would be one of them. The other one I had was uh, Ashna the Uncaring, another new commander that I think is pretty neat, although, sadly, I'm not expecting it to come to Magic Online because it's uh, from the the commander pre-cons, 
but it's a five mana one four death touch. And when you activate an ability on an artifact or a creature that wasn't a mana ability, if one or more permanents were sacrificed to activate it, you get to copy that ability. So it's essentially Sacamonicon, a Panamonicon. It's Yarok before sacrifice. There's got to be a better so. name than the Sacanomicon. I am five years old mentally, so you cannot just say Sacanomicon and not expect me to laugh at that. Okay, so it's, it's like wow. a, yeah, it's like it's like a sacrifice Panamonicon. Let's go with that. So. I, I don't like this card because it doesn't it doesn't work with Ashland's altar, and that was its one job. And One job was to work with Ashron's altar, and it fails. Yeah, but uh, Ashron doesn't, doesn't care. The, the card makes that clear, Tomer. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't care about my opinion. <laughs> so those Fair. are two that I'm that I'm hyped about. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, that one's good. I'm t- it's time Grim? for me to go Grim? my lightning round. My lightning round is, of course, as the Asian Avenger, I gotta pick up another Avenger, right? So I'm going with the Sardian Avenger. I call it the Sardine Avenger. It's a two-mana goblin. It's a first-strike trample. Whenever Sardian Avenger attacks, it gets plus X plus zero until end of turn, where X is the number of artifacts your opponents control. And whenever an artifact an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, it deals one damage to that player. So this is just a two-mana 1-1, and it's often, like, but, like, at... I think on average, this thing is probably going to chunk a lot of people because mm-hmm. what do we do all throughout the game? We make treasures, and when they when and like with all of that's just going to keep pumping this. And on top of that, when they crack a treasure, right? They're, they're going to lose a life. They're going to lose life, or for at least whenever an artifact dies. So this comes down as first strike and trample. It's going to punch through a lot of things. It doesn't get chump blocked. And again. Through a game, so many artifacts just get spit onto the board. So I love mm-hmm. it for that exact reason. This thing will actually be very aggressive and I think isn't talked about because I think it's really good at being aggressive in Commander. Like, holy cow. Imagine just dunking on the smothering Tithe player. Like, you're going to crack the treasure? Cool, you take one. <laughs> like, like, like this dunks on the smothering Tithe, right? I mean, I don't know if it makes up for the fact that, you know, like, they're ramping in a bajillion times. But yeah. you, will, you will get aggressive, right? And they'll, at the very least, have to answer this. And I, I love that. So, you know, you know what's great, too, Tomer? If you get the Blast Furnace Hellkite with this, the little red boys, they get together. They do some <laughs> double striking. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I love that. And then... I like it with Gryson and Torbrand, too. Yeah, like, Gryson oh. or whatever, that bing, 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 bing. So you just turn those one pings into three. Pings like that's yeah. really fun. Oh my Torbrand. god, that's so good in that deck. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then of course my other card is of course look, I gotta I gotta show my love for my super friends deck. So I am gonna go Urza Silex here. This card is just three mana. Two white white activated exile the Silex. Each player chooses six lands they control. Destroy all other permits. Activate only as a sorcery. And whenever it gets exiled, uh, uh, pay two mana. If you do, search your library for a Planeswalker card. Put into your hand. So. Yo, hey, why not dunk on the green player? Did you accelerate absurdly farther ahead than the rest of the table? Well, come on back down. Come back down to here with us and just only play six lands. Like, and, and it's, <laughs> I, I, I think that six land, only six lands is a low number for green players. They're just like, wait, what is it, turn turn four? I have 32 lands. Uh, but the nice thing about this is that, yeah, it, pull, it makes it so that, like, it's not offensive enough to where, like, oh, this is LD, Krim. You're a big meanie. Yeah. No, you still have six lands. It's just now actually dunking on somebody that's ramped farther ahead. And along the way, it's a board wipe, and it pulls a Planeswalker. I love this card for my Super Friends deck. Yes, please, sign me up. Mm-hmm. I like this one. It's also, it's also fair. It's very fair. 
right? Like you're, you're, if, if I activate this and you're at like, let's just say 12 lands, you're going to feel pretty bad. But for the rest of the table, I actually don't even know if you feel that bad. Like, do you feel bad no. if you lose a ton of lands to this? Because it's They'll not be like, like, ooh, explain the recollection <laughs> setup. Oh, right. <laughs> and, and that's fair, right? But like, if you're, if it's not like it's LD to where it's like crippling, right? You're no. still at six lands, you're playing magic. It, the non green players will not cry. It reminds me of Disciple, the first card we talked about, actually. Like how it can kind of like slow down the green decks, but it's not going to completely stop them. So, yeah. Yeah. Nor does it hose everybody at the table, it just really hoses the person who's ahead on mana. But also, I mean, it also destroys all non land permanents. So, like, yeah. it's like, it's actually, it is like, it's a board, actual board wipe. Like, so. It would be yeah. so. Instead of much, like Oblivion Stone or something. It would be so much more mm-hmm. exciting if it didn't need to be in white decks <laughs> like yeah. unlike oblivion stone or nev's disc like you gotta play it in the color that's already really good at wrathing which is a little bit awkward but it still is a if sweet it was card colorless. for super friends yeah if it was colorless i would replace oblivion stone oh yeah. my decks with it and yep. i play karn in my super friends decks so. oh no, <laughs> so you can get back oh, oh, no. no. baby put it back in <laughs> All right, very sweet. Uh, my two shout outs. Uh, this one, I'm sorry, Seth, but it is just too cool to talk to not mention. Starscream Power Hungry, new Transformer. Yeah. I just like the voice actor. I used to watch Beasties. Or no, it was okay, it Beast you need Wars. Beast, Beast Wars. Beasties. You need it. No, it's Beasties. <laughs> okay, okay, tell me. There's got to be a it's better Beasties. name for that. Canadians, <laughs> Canadians know. Uh, it was eh? Beasties. He made a he made a cameo appearance. That was how I fell in love with Star. Star. I can't do the I can't do the voice, but it's very <laughs> iconic. Look it up. It's a really iconic uh, performance. Flavor wise, uh, too, this card is this one. This one, I, I like. I love it. It does. Seth, you would love this too because it's, I do uh, like the monarch. Yeah, it's a monarchy card. It's a four four black uh, legendary two three robot legendary two three uh, artifact robot creature. More than meets the eye of three uh, flying. Whenever you draw a card, if you're the monarch, target opponent loses two life. Uh, whenever you, you whenever one or more uh, creatures deal combat damage to you, convert Starscream. The backside is flying Men- Menace in haste. Uh, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, if there is no monarch, that player becomes the monarch. Whenever you become the monarch, convert Starscream. So it's really is really good at getting back the monarchy for yourself if it, if it gets stolen from you because you turn it into a, you turn it into a plane and you're just like zoom 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 got it got it back really good with double strike because then you like immediately get the monarchy even on the first tap Ooh, and yeah. then on the front side once you have the monarchy not only you're drawing an extra card from the crown which is great but you know like if you cast pier to the abyss or something and you draw half your deck well somebody dies you know like you just draw a lot of cards and the more cards you you draw the faster all your opponents die so you can be that person who's like obsessed with card draw and it actually becomes a win condition on a four mana commander which is great and it has the monarchy Seth that, this is for you Seth you <coughs> love Transformers I, oh my God. now Seth Starscream uh, uh, Starscream yeah, Star I will say that drain I, I, mode, I don't know if you want to be Starscream <laughs> that drain mode it's it does kind of sound like shield rid with a whole bunch of extra steps <laughs> like if you want to kill someone with fear into the abyss but eh, the monarchy but part's it, cool it, it, inter- it brings monarchy into every game of mm-hmm. Commander. And, and on top I like. of that, flavor. 
flavor wise, it's so cool, right? Starscream yeah. going for the crown, going for the monarchy. You know, like I, I love I, that. So I think that's super sick, like, flavor wise. I love the first <sighs> hit gives the monarchy to somebody by yeah. accident. Is like he he screws he up his Megatron, initial right? attack. He yeah, he acts like whoopsie, whoopsie. Here's the crown. Oops. <laughs> yeah, y'all y'all need to get them to make Transformers snap, and then I will understand what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Seth. All you need to know is Marvel Snap is a continuation of Pokemon Snap. Don't oh, worry. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you need to know. It was the same, <laughs> same game. Take that knowledge to the bank. They just <laughs> wanted to play. remodel. That's all. <laughs> and and the final card that I... Oh, there, there's so many really cool cards. But uh, the one that, that I am very excited for as a Is It Spell Slinger for Life is Third Plat... Third path iconoclast is a uh, two mana blue red two one uh creature human monk. Whenever you cast a non creature spell, create a one one color soldier artifact creature token. So it's not even spell slinger. Like you, you can cast instant or sorcerers and triggers off that, but it also triggers off like planeswalkers, enchantments, uh, or whatever else that's not a creature. But the idea is basically it's like a young pyromancer on steroids because instead of just making el- elementals, which is pretty niche like you have to be in a yeah being an elemental deck for it to be extra spicy this one being artifact creature tokens is actually super relevant and is it colors like you can uh trigger a thin you can build on to affinity cards uh like maybe like reality heist which is not really affinity but it is affinity um and that makes the you know you basically like dig through time for two mana and then you make another social artifact creature token off that uh metal craft turns on very easily too Uh, You can turn it into mana with, like, inspiring statuary or whatever the heck like that, which is, like, non-artifact convoke with artifact thingies like it's just it's, thingies, it's a lot baby. of it, it's 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 spell slinger token generator but it also supports artifact synergies which is just really cool i like it a lot i'm gonna put in all my is it spell slinger decks because obviously but then like decks that care about artifacts uh artifacts too then it's just like extra good and obviously like mm. you put a skull clamp on him and you do all that good stuff and it's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a better young pyromancer it's good it's good it's, it's good stuff it is it's it bitter. is Oh, it's sweet, it's sweet that it triggers off the skull clamp and your equipment and stuff. Like that's that's a, a big upgrade compared to Young Pyromancer for sure. Yeah, but then Crimcast yeah, so, Brother Sedent and all of Tomer's. I know he's, he's just getting me. He's getting me so good. <laughs> I'm like looking at all my decks. All my decks are basically just is it artifact decks, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> I have a type. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's that's it for our 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 hype list. We have even more cards that we could talk about. Uh, general thoughts on the set as a whole, both the standard collector cards, transformer cards, commander, all of them, all of them. What what do you what do you guys think about the set as a whole? Are you hyped? The, Not hyped. The, this <laughs> set, I think, like art wise, like visually, story wise, like I mean, like just card wise, I think it hits the spot of like what they're trying to go for. Um, I love the Transformers cards. I I'm still I haven't gotten to fully playtest the power of every card, but like obviously you know we're gonna find out. So right now I think this set is pretty sweet. Uh, we're like a few weeks out or a, a week out from release, but like it looks pretty cool and it seems like it would play quite nicely. So I like it. I'm super hyped for it. I love all the big artifacts. I love all the callbacks. There's a lot of nostalgia yeah. and like old magic stuff in there. The meld stuff looks really neat. So, uh, yeah, I was. This was the set I was most hyped for when they announced all the products for this year. And uh, 
I think it definitely hit the mark. It even exceeded my very high expectations. I'm a big artifact fan, so like this this definitely hit the mark. Oh, really? so the pre cons. I thought yeah, it was yeah, surprise, I thought it was surprise. Kill, I like. kill magic. What? You, mm-hmm. Oh, wait, different artifact. Never mind. Hold on. Never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Marvel <laughs> Snap is going to come, Mark. <laughs> but also, I really like the, the fact that the precons for the 30th anniversary, they made them old border old border precons, which is a really cool gimmick. And the fact that they're artifact themes means there's a lot of those those delicious brown Ooh, frames that yes. I just can't get enough of. And I'm going to... like I, I like the precons themselves. I don't know if I'd keep them stock because I have enough already stock precons. But I'm definitely going to be picking up a lot of singles. Like, I want that old border command tower. I want that old border saw ring. Give me all that. The old border arcane signal. Like, give me all that stuff. Like, even even not just talking new cards, just talking reprints. I don't really like the, the colored artifacts frames though like i don't know like i look at the ethereum sculptor and it just has like a traditional blue old border like i feel like it should have been brown i don't know i don't like it in blue it makes me feel weird but (laughs) that's my only quibble that's my one critique of the entire set is i don't like how they did colored old border i feel they could have done better for that but yeah anyway all right that's it um we we talked for an hour and a half which was exactly what we aim for on these podcasts uh let us know what you are most hyped for because obviously everybody has their own preferences what they're most hyped for it's not a power ranking skill uh but but yeah let us know what you're most hyped for in the comments section below if there's any new commanders you want to build or what new cards are going to be going into your uh pre-existing commanders let us know that as well like and subscribe as you like that sort of stuff um and uh we'll be back next week with who knows we'll figure it out all right bye